Hello and welcome to the Iowa Hospital Association's podcast, Getting to Know Iowa Hospital Leaders. My name is Joa Hogan. Kristen Hendrickson began as CEO of George C. Grape Community Hospital in November of 2021. She had been Human Resource Director for the hospital for the past six years. She helped develop and teach training programs for management and employees on inclusion, leadership, and legal compliances. She has five children ranging in ages from 9 to 26. Welcome, Kristen, and thanks for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about this. And my first question is, what does a typical day look like for you as CEO of George C. Grape Community Hospital? A typical day here, well, my day normally starts at five o'clock in the morning, but that starts at home. So I've pretty much taken care of a whole day's worth of things before I'm even in here by eight o'clock in the morning every day. But it starts with a a quick schedule meeting with my uh, assistant just to go over what's going on with that day or what's coming up on the week. I make sure that I'm always open and available I'll walk through and touch on all my departments and, you know, any of the staff throughout and see what's happening with, with any of them and, you know, celebrate any great achievements that they've done personally or professionally and address any issues or anything that they have or any concerns that they have going. And then normally the afternoon is, and of course, you always have meetings throughout the day and places, other places to be and go. And then my afternoon is normally where I can sit down at my desk and take care of the the tasks that are are needing and addressed that day, but my door is always open. And that's something that has been known about me since I started here at Dorsey Great Community Hospital, that if anyone has an issue or if they want to share anything, they can just come right in and, and we have a conversation and the door is closed. They know that I'm probably working on something. I'm here, but I'm working on something. So they might shoot me a message to see if I'm available. But yeah, it's very uh, staff focused, patient focused. Then I try and get on all the other fun stuff that needs to be taken care of us for administration uh, in between all of those times. I see that George C. Grape Community Hospital in Hamburg is located very close to both Nebraska and the Missouri borders. Does this create any unique situations at your hospital? You know, it's funny because you know, we've been so close to, you know, on the border, we've been close that it just becomes something normal that there are neighbors. We have great relationships with the other area hospital or healthcare systems in Nebraska and Missouri. And we also have a lot of staff that live in Nebraska or Missouri. I myself live 20 minutes uh, west in Nebraska City. So I'm in, you know, I go over that state line every single day. Being so close to them, it has taught us to work together and to include others. And there are questions, you know, especially with covid or anything that we might say, well, what is Nebraska doing? Or how is you know Missouri handling this? And so that helps us to see a bigger picture of how things are and what we can, you know, what we need to do, what we need to do to help on all sides of the, you know, the borders, I guess, the state borders. But it's definitely a benefit to be so close to our neighbors. And you know, we were able to gain the different outlook on certain things and issues through them. It's a positive versus a hindrance. And do you ever associate with or run into uh, maybe even educational programs from either the Missouri or Nebraska hospital associations? We do. We we do some uh, with Nebraska Hospital Association and we do a lot with through, you know, CHI. We're able to, to partake in those as well. So that's been a huge help. 
Well, great. Yeah, I know some colleagues over at both of those associations, and they're great folks. So that's, that's great. You get an opportunity to work with them a little bit. Definitely. What projects does your organization have coming up? Well, that's that's something that we're it's you know we're so excited. We have a building project that we are uh, kicking off. We had the flood in 2019, and then we had COVID. So there's they've been looking at this building project for years, but it's been pushed for other obviously more important things happening at that time. But working with the architects and you know construction, you know it's finally coming to where we can see it happening. The final papers are being signed and we have late fall they'll be kicking off. We we're demoing a couple of wings, but we're adding a completely new outpatient specialty clinic area, new surgical area, new lobby, and then we're remodeling and redistributing other departments within the hospital core. ER and radiology are going to be updated and moved and a lot's going to be happening in the next few years with us and we'll have a different face as people are coming up and seeing us. So we're very excited to be finally picking this off and after having to work through the flood, like I said, in 2019 and then COVID, Southwest Iowa is really, there's a lot happening, a lot of growth happening right now. We're excited to be a part of that growth with this new building project. I'll be working with our community and with our neighbors to make sure that everything is for the patients and what and the needs of our community. So we're really, really excited. Wow, that's great. So is there an ETA when everything will be complete? Sure. <laughs> I would love to be standing in front of a completed new hospital within the next two, two and a half years. That's our timeline. So yeah, very exciting. Very happy. Well, yeah, that's great. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. I look forward to uh, hearing about the developments and uh, for the completion in a couple of years. Your previous position within your hospital was, was as human resource director. Within this role, did you have an opportunity to participate in any Iowa Hospital Association HR-related education or programming? I'm always grateful for the outreach that and the education that the IHJ has offered to all of its members. Uh, I have attended the annual meetings um, and have been a member of ISHRA. The summer leadership series were well-received at our hospital and um, something that we have great attendance for. The ISHRA listserv was my go-to if you, I ever had any questions whatsoever HR-related with policies or issues. So the HR directors that are on that listserv are such a value to each other that they can answer any question that you might be stumped with and help out. And the networking that IHA has offered for all the hospitals and all of the, you know, the staff at those hospitals, it's, it's immense. So yeah, I was able to partake in and I'm, that will continue on. Oh. Great. Yeah, we're just putting the final touches on the annual meeting preparation and uh, getting speakers right now. So we look forward to be back in, in person in October. So hopefully we'll see you there in person. Yes, definitely. Definitely. When I was an education director, I used to work the ISHRA meetings. I would help coordinate those, the logistical part. And so, yeah, I always enjoyed those. And there's a recurring speaker, Joellen Whitney. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it was just like one of my favorite speakers because yeah. you would think uh, HR law, boy, that's not going to be very entertaining or interesting, but it's uh, very interesting how she presents situations that are out there. And I can only imagine what it's like to deal with such a diverse human resource activities throughout your career. Yeah, you definitely have to know pretty much a little bit of everything. <laughs> 
when you're when you're uh, dealing anything in HR because you have both sides. You know, you have the hospital side, and then you definitely have your staff side. You want to make sure that everyone is able to do what they need to do, and everyone benefits. And yeah, sometimes you run into some legal things and um, compliance issues, but. It's not anything that can't be worked through. And yeah, definitely. Joellen is a gift and, you know, she doesn't, doesn't mix words at all. It's just (laughs) out there. And and I appreciate that. I definitely appreciate that in her. And that's awesome to hear about the listserv. I'm glad that that's a very active listserv and you find a lot of great information on there and share with your colleagues around the state. So can I ask, uh, what are you currently reading? I think that's, you know, that's such a fun question. <laughs> I'm reading a lot of contracts, but <laughs> no, what am I reading? I, you know, reading used to be something that was when you had, I had that time, it was able to, I was able to enjoy a lot of times I'll do something, maybe an audible book now when I'm driving. So I can still uh, move into that. I just have one right now. I've started, it's called the silent patient, but normally I'm reading what my kids are reading. Because uh, they'll have different books that they have to read for school, so uh, I like to read those at the same time so that we can have conversation about what they're what they're reading. And um, so it might be books that I've read several times throughout the years with all of my kids, or um, it might be a new one. And I think this year we read The Outsiders. We read another book called it was titled Loser by uh, Jerry Spinelli. So read uh, Crenshaw and. The importance of being earnest, you know, all of the really a lot of the elementary slash high school book lists. That's what I get to read every single year. And that's okay because they're all really good books. And uh, you seem to learn something new with each with each reading and then with each with each child on how they are um, interpreting that book. So so that's really that's where my that's where my reading background comes to. <laughs> I I like that. And with your children ranging from nine years old to 26, the same book, maybe they've all read at one point, but just kind of the different context of the times and what's going on around them. That would be very interesting. I always say I've gone through, you know, our youngest is in third grade. So this is my first, my, well, my sixth time going through third grade. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And I imagine uh, your, your kids take up a lot of your, your free time if you have any, but, uh, what do you like to do on your downtime or do you have any hobbies to speak of? Yeah, well, my hobbies are my children's activities. <laughs> you know, our oldest, uh, she started riding horses when she was four. So horses became a big hobby of ours. And she, you know, she's still, she's a, at 26, she trains horses now. Wow. My son, who is 24, he was big into baseball. So that was um, definitely a hobby that we had for a very long time. And I played softball throughout my whole uh, childhood and, and through college. So it's been, that's a great passion is baseball and softball. Our daughter, who is a senior right now, she is getting ready to graduate. So uh, one of the hobbies was uh, filling out all the scholarship applications. Because <laughs> good golly, that's, <laughs> that's a full-time job in and of itself, <laughs> are all the applications for scholarships. Uh, but she does everything. If there's a, if there's something to sign up for, she is definitely putting her name down into that onto that form, and, and we are off doing those things. So she does things. You know, she does musical. She sings. She does student council. Uh, she does academic decathlon team. You know, you name it. We are definitely seeing a lot of different type of activities with her. And, and our eighth grader, she's big into volleyball. So that's been something that we've been able to enjoy. And, 
you know, if anyone who's playing volleyball, you know that those weekends, they start Saturday morning and very, very early, and you're going all, all throughout that whole entire day. And, and our youngest, he is uh, following in his older brother's footsteps, and he's, he's big into baseball. But if I had my own hobby, <laughs> I would say, you know, gardening. I really like to garden and, and look at a space that's open and decide visualize what it could be and what the plants could be and, and how it will look. So uh, my husband and I will do some big project in our yard and, and just we put a pond in last year and, and little things like that, just going through and watching it grow from the beginnings to when it's full and lush and, and looks really pretty. So. Yeah. So it sounds like your personal life's just like your professional life, very action-packed and busy and diverse. Definitely. I don't know if you ever have time to get away, but or maybe even a family trip. But if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Greece has always, I've been to Greece a couple of times, and it's always just been an area where I always think that one day when, you know, when my husband and I retire, we are going to pack up all of our belongings and go live in Greece. Wow. <laughs> even if it's just for a year, you know, just for a little while, but that's always, that's kind of, you know, you have those, those dreams and those visions on where you want to be and where you want to go. And that's definitely, that would be the ultimate for us if we could spend some time and uh, live in Greece for a little while. Kristen, do you have, and if you do, can you describe your leadership style or leadership philosophy? My leadership style, I think I always look at someone and I listen to them when they're talking and I watch how, how they feel about something or how, you know, what their thought process is on something. And I really look at their talents and the idea that, you know, my team is bringing forth and because they're the experts, you know, they are, they're the experts in their fields. And, and if they see a certain opportunity or if they see, you know, somewhere where they can, they can bring change or progress um, and you have that idea, and then I 100% will support that. And I'll work alongside with that because, you know, I want them to become the best version of themselves. I want people to always become the best version of themselves that they can be, whether, and I want, you know, the nurses to become the best nurse and our providers, the best provider and, you know, our staff, just the very best version of themselves that they can be. And I think in order to do that, you need to be able to have a voice and you need to be able to say, Hey, I have this idea and have someone who's going to listen. Um, and back you up and say, yeah, let's try that. Let's, let's see where we can go with that. You know, because when you have someone who has that a passion, you know, then that hard work comes behind it and the goals that, you know, they set forth and that work alongside with the goals that we have for the hospital and it all comes and, you know, you see it all laid out in front of you and it all starts to flow and work really well, then, then it has that ripple effect. You know, everyone else is seeing the good things that are happening and they, they want, you know, good things to happen. So they have an idea and, hey, maybe we can go here, maybe we can do this. And Because truly the achievements of my team, the achievements of a person, it becomes the growth and success of our organization. I think that's huge and that's so important to be able to come. You know, we spend so much of our time at work. Uh, we've worked really hard to get to where we are with whether it's through education or whether it's through our experience and to be able to feel fulfilled while you're at work doing what you definitely find purpose in is, is important. And, you know, I try to find the right staff uh, for the right projects and pay attention to what others bring to the table 
And so you can see, you, you always know when someone's in the right spot and someone's in the right fit and they're able to, to blossom and, and, you know, that inner fire is able to just be ignited a little bit hotter and yeah, paying attention to people's habits and their personalities and, and what works for them and then cheering them on and definitely supporting them throughout it and so that, you know, their win is, is huge and it's important. So I would say my leadership is definitely listening to others, listening to their ideas and, and helping them to transform what needs to be changed and moved and for us to continually moving forward. Well, I have one more question for you, but first I want to thank you, Kristen Hendrickson, CEO of George C. Grape Community Hospital for being on the podcast today. Absolutely. Thank you for uh, reaching out and asking. And so Kristen, what's a lesson that COVID-19 has taught you? In the HR world, and I saw a lot of in our administrative staff and our administrative team is when a lot of people were being sent home, obviously, for reasons that they needed to be sent home for safety. The HR world and administrative team worlds, we seem to kick it up a little, a notch, because there are new policies and there are more things and there were, you know, staff that needed to be reassured and, and things needed to keep moving so that there was always, that staff had somewhere to come back to when everything died down. COVID definitely taught me that hard work, that extra work that we have to put in, it means something when others aren't able to, that community of it all. And COVID definitely brought forth community even when we were separated, when we had to be separated, we still found so many ways to still be in touch with each other. And that is extremely important because you didn't want anyone to fall through any of the cracks. You didn't want anyone to be suffering by themselves with anything or worrying by themselves or have anxiety by themselves. You want to be able to, you know, have that capability to reach out to them and get to them, even if it was via the internet or via Zoom or Teams meetings or something, um, or just checking in with them and seeing how things are going and understanding when they had to be home, their kids were out because of COVID. So they were being a teacher and, and a parent and the stress that came um, behind it. So Burnout was something that we, you know, really needed to pay attention to. And even within my own life, you know, the burnout of it, watching the stress of, you know, your children, your family, your spouse, just trying to keep everything, you know, everyone trying to keep, keep afloat. So taking that time to take a breath and relax. And that's why I, I learned a lot about flexibility during COVID. You have staff who they know what they need to do and they will get it done. So definitely that 40-hour week, do we have to, you know, nail someone to that one every single week or can you have flex time so that they're able to continue to take care of the things within their own lives that they need to take care of? Uh, no one wants to come to work and be stressed about what's happening at home or vice versa. So being, you know, flexed COVID definitely taught me some flexibility on people are going to work hard and they also need to rest um, and take a, take a break for things in order to be able to continue going because Family is important, and the time we spend with our family is extremely important. So I definitely don't want anyone to ever think that they can't. COVID taught me that because I was spending lots of hours, and my kids were needing lots of hours as well. So it's, it's a, it was a trade-off, wasn't it? But, but yeah, it also taught me that, that we're all very resilient, and we care so very much about each other. You know, there weren't a lot of selfish people during COVID. <laughs> there were a lot of people that were caring for each other. So 
COVID brought forth a lot of changes and I think going with the flow, going with the flow really helped with that. So, and hopefully the changes that we've made will, will continue and so that we don't necessarily have to have any down swoops anymore with COVID. But if that happens, then we're ready. You know, we're prepared for it. Great. Well, thanks again for being on the podcast and I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This podcast has been an opportunity to get to know Iowa hospital leaders. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for another episode next month.